Hey, folks, I'm Tom. I'm KJ. You know the drill. We're back again to talk about the Dunlap Champions Club. You know, just because football season goes away after the fall every year, unfortunately, the Dunlap Champions Club does not, and we've told you this before, but it's a great event space that you should consider for your team, family, organization, whatever it is. Space, space, and more space. Anything from 10 to 15 people, or I'm told... As many as 800 can be accommodated. Uh, they, they've got space. They do. They've got uh, – if you've been in the Dunlap Champions Club, you know we're talking about the fourth floor and the sixth floor, really, of the University Center Club. But the fourth floor is 20,000 square feet, floor-to-ceiling windows, overlooks Bobby Bowden Field. They can set it, you know, whatever you want. Plated function, theater seating, cocktail reception. If you like uh, the terrace, the little outdoor and, – and actually – this time of year. Yeah, yeah. I might not suggest it for late July, early but, but August. this time of year. This time of year, I think that's an option. Same thing up there. Cocktail reception. They'll set it however you want. Just consider it. It's uh, it, it really is a great space. I've, I've been to several functions there. I'd encourage you to do the same. And don't forget it for football games. We do have a couple left. We, we do have those, and, uh, and we'll come back around next year and have more of them. 850-644-1830 for ticket information, or you can call and schedule a private tour. And now, without further ado... Front Row Knowles. Broadcasting from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee, this is Front Row Knowles First Look with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Front Row Knowles First Look is presented by Hobson Chevrolet in Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. And by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener. Online at ctf.nu. Here's Tom and Keith. Good day, everybody. Tom and Keith with you on Front Row Knowles First Look, and it is a good day. Keith, Florida State goes to Boston College, gets a much-needed win. Obviously, that keeps bowl hopes alive, but really, I think the story here is considering where this team was one week ago, or the program, with the dismissal of Willie Taggart, I really wasn't sure that they would have enough fortitude in them, frankly, to really care at Boston College. And somehow they found it. You have to credit Odell Haggins. You have to credit the staff that uh, remains and you got to give credit to the players, too. You and I were talking on our way up, uh, and you were expressing your, your doubt and uh, a little bit of skepticism. And you kind of talked me into it. So I, when I got up Saturday morning, I'm thinking, you know, this is going to be really good or this is going to be really bad. And I sure hate the, just even thinking that it might be really bad. I hate even considering the fact that the kids may quit or they may not rally or they may not fight. Uh, but we didn't see any of that, and that was, to me, a big takeaway. And whether it is strictly because of Odell or combination of Odell and the coaches or combination of Odell coaches and leadership, I really don't care because I thought the squad showed a lot of character. Uh, as we've talked all along, by no means are they anywhere near the, where they need to be. But considering what the possibilities were on Sunday and Monday, and how they could have traveled up to Boston and just mailed it in. Uh, I was quite impressed with their effort, and my hat's off to the entire group. Uh, they did what they needed to do to win. They come back with the victory, and, and it was a, a game that they were in control of for the, for the majority, if not all the time. My skepticism came simply because the psychology was different this time around than two years ago. Two years ago, their coach left on them, and there was a we'll-show-you kind of mantra that they adopted under Odell. This time different circumstances because the coach that a lot of them came to play for got fired and so I just wasn't sure but credit Odell and he is businesslike he is literally for all of the talk about one play at a time he truly he's not worried about it It doesn't matter what question you ask him we're focused on Boston College it was it was a good effort and he now goes to three and oh as an interim head coach 
and certainly the big step towards the thing that we're concerned about, which is bowl eligibility. It'll be interesting to see how they come back this week um, after you know handling a, a victory. Uh, the kids were, were quite ecstatic in the locker room, and you could sense the, the uh, sense of relief, joy, or whatever you want to call it, on the plane coming home. But you got to learn to manage that. you got to learn how to play and get ready again to play the same way. Obviously, they'll be heavily favored against uh, uh, you know, Alabama, uh, Southern Alabama, but it, it's, it's still all about playing, <coughs> pardon me, playing for the name on your jersey, not the opponent. And that'll be that way for the rest of the year. And if they're fortunate enough, it'll be that way even in a bowl game. Let's listen now to Coach Odell Hagens and his comments to the media after FSU prevails 38-31 at Boston College. Well, I tell you this, I'm, I'm so proud of um, these young men. They're, they're very resilient, very resilient. They didn't flinch, came out. When everything happened this past weekend, went out to practice on Sunday, and they ran the hardest they possibly could on Sunday. They wanted to show we are Florida State. We are unconquered. Coach, we got your back, man. That's what they showed me. And a lot of them came up to me and, and, and said, Coach, we got your back. And they showed me by going out, running hard, and practicing hard on Sunday. And also, I just want to thank David Coburn and the president believing in me. Again, they asked me. I didn't blink an eye. This is my school. I love it. School has done a lot for me. Has done a lot for Odell Hagens. Thank you very much, Mr. Coburn and John Thrasher, for believing in me. Questions? Coach, what was the mood like after the game in the locker room? What did you say to the guys? The, the mood in the locker room was great. It was it, it was out. It, it was great. The kids had a feeling. Coach, they showed me. They didn't just say it. Coach, we got your back. They showed me. And the movie, it, it's hard to explain when you're a Seminole and you see kids fight for you, going went through adversity, some, something like that happened last Sunday. It's, it's so hard to explain. But the move was great. Each and every player in there, they showed Florida State, hey, I love this school. We're going to fight for Florida State and fight for you, Coach. It was outstanding. Odell, not just the um, adversity with the coaching situation, but you guys had a lot of players out. Marvin was out. Several other players on both sides of the ball were out. What did you see from this team in terms of the way they just battled through the adversity? Like I said, our Sunday they showed me when they came out in practice. These kids really care about their school. They love Florida State. Florida State is different. Different. Reason why I say that? Look at me. I've had a lot of opportunities. But you know what, though? I stay at my school and do the best with my school. Prime example. Once you're a Seminole, you're always a Seminole. 
you love this school, and this school going to love you. Coach, at what point in the week did you know you were going to use Jordan Travis, and what was kind of the plan going in? Well, Kendall, I told Kendall Bros, he said something to me about it. I said, Kendall, run your offense. You make that decision. Let's go with it. I support you. And went to Jordan, fist bump. Hey, you're a Seminole, brother. Our standards here are very high. You get in there, you make the plays, you do what you're supposed to do, and laugh it at that. Coach, we saw the team get in a situation where they had some early adversity and then bounced back, and then the, team, the other team punched back, and then they had to bounce back again at the end. That's a sort, of, sort of back and forth swinging. You know, that's something that we haven't really seen from the team be able to come out on top of this season. I guess what did it say about the guys at this time that they were able to rally and come out on top, especially with everything that's been going on this week? Yeah. The young man, I, I, I say this right here. We got some great kids on this team, football team. We, we have great kids. And a lot of people want to count them out, but they want to show the nation we are Florida State. And... Reed, like I told you, once you sign to Florida State University, it's different. People can say what they want to say about Florida State. You sign here. You're fighting for something. Brenda? Cordell, uh, Hamza announced really finishes with 20, I guess, tw upwards of 20 tackles. Uh, his physicality against that the running attack, what did, he, what did he do so well for you guys today? You know what he did? He made a commitment Sunday. He said, Coach, we're not going anywhere. Coach, this week of practice, I'm going to have a great week of practice. I'm coming downhill. Don't worry, Coach. He said that. And the guy said to me, it's only one way, the no way, N-O-L-E. And they believe that, only one way, the no way. So Hampson made a commitment Sunday. He's one of the guys that came up to me and said that. So I appreciate him. A great, great guy hung in there with us. One of the leaders on his team. Coach Odell Higgins, he, it was, I talked to some players, everybody has the same refrain, and that is if you cut him open, he literally would bleed garnet and gold. You have to respect, first of all, just talking about Odell, a, a guy that we have no idea what they are, but you know he's had plenty of opportunities to go elsewhere probably uh, potentially to pursue defensive coordinator positions or pro jobs or whatever else. And along the way, he's he's liked what he's done. He's been happy. He continues to give back to his alma mater. Obviously, he's well compensated in his position. But, I mean, you just have to admire the body of work he's put together as an all. Most coaches, and we can't fault them for this, but most coaches have a desire uh, to look for the next job. And you and I have been around some, some that have been assistants at Florida State, that as soon as they got the job at Florida State, they were looking for the next one. And then you run across those like Mickey that stayed here for 25. You run across Jim Gladden, he was here for 30. Billy Sexton was here for 30. And Odell was in his 26th. Does that mean that they weren't good coaches? Does that mean they were less because they didn't have a desire to go somewhere else? No, it means that they were happy here and they continued to work hard here, and they continued to be a part of this building of this program. That's what it means. And they're the pillars. And, and 
you go back and look at uh, Coach Bowden's celebration on Tuesday. Uh, he turned 90 uh, this past Friday. Tuesday night at the Tallahassee Quarterback Club, they had a, a birthday party for him. And many of those same coaches, including Coach Odell, uh, were there to talk about what it meant to be a Florida State Seminole and what it meant to play for Bobby Bowden. Our listeners go all the way back to me, all the way back to 77. That's 42 years now that you get ingrained with what the program means and you get ingrained with the importance of it. And, and sure, we're, we're not saving lives here, and it's just football. But we're molding young men, and we're making young men into fathers and husbands and businessmen, and we're making them into lawyers and doctors and, and, and some into coaches in their own right, and they go off and do great things. So the work is important, and it's valued, and uh, it's just nice when you see it get rewarded, uh, both in terms of Odell having the interim tag as well as Florida State being victorious over B.C. A couple of things, and we'll flesh these out as the show moves along. So Florida State wins this game on the road without Marvin Wilson. He's the last guy you would have wanted out against Boston College in that offense. One of their best linemen, Dante Lucas, we find out on Friday, isn't on the trip so they play without him. Kalen Laburn gets hurt during pregame warm-up, so they basically play the game with one running back in Cam Akers. And then there's that little question about where has Jordan Travis been because we saw him in the second half, and we will address that when we continue on Front Row Knowles' first look. Front Row Knowles' first look is presented by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener, online at ctf.nu. Here's Tom and Keith. Back on Front Row Knowles, first look, we'll start with the offense here because it was an offensive uh, show for FSU, particularly in the second half. And we'll get to the Jordan Travis question momentarily. But, Keith, to be fair, the first half looked an awful lot like the Florida State we've seen all year long. First drive of the game, FSU goes right down the field. James Blackman short arms a throw to Terry from maybe the 15 or 20 that had a chance to be a touchdown. Then overthrows Gabe Neighbors. on. He really just needed a shot put it to him. So you settle for a field goal. Next drive you go down, and here's Keith Gavin hit in stride at the goal line. It's a sure touchdown. He drops it. You you come away with nothing, Uh, and my recollection may not be quite correct. Then you get another drive. Treshawn Harrison drops about a 30-yard pass that would have been a first down. And all these penalties. And so it looked an awful lot like the first half. And at halftime, and I was not in there at halftime, but uh, Odell said postgame that he told the guys it was time to grow up at halftime. And so I don't know how he delivered that message, but Florida State finally was productive in the third quarter, scored 28 in the second half, made plays at winning time, and truly did grow up and was a different team in the second half. Let's go back to the start of the game. You and I were of the opinion that Hornibrook would start. Well, we were wrong. And I think that also has to play into Odell basically telling uh, Coach Bryles that this is your offense. You play who you want to play. Um and, and and Blackman had a great game. He was 18 for 26, and by our count, there were six drops, and then the overthrow to Gabe, and then the one underthrow. Yeah. That accounts for the 28 passes. There were some nice catches, and certainly some catches uh, yards after the catch that we'll also talk about. Uh, the other thing that jumped out at me was no sacks. The offensive line did a much better job. Now, they're not going against Miami. I get that. Boston College is not of the same caliber. But when you give up nine one week and none the next, I'm going to take that as a positive. And number two, Florida State did a lot of their success, had a lot of their success without Cam 
you know, going off for 20 or 30-yard jaunts. He, he had enough yardage to go over 1,000 for the year. Uh, hats off to him. Uh, and, and they did try to continue to get the ball to him in creative ways. They used that little screen over the middle and some things out in the flat, and, and that was good to see. But I just thought, and I made the comment in the first, that Florida State was never out of control. Even though they got behind, you just felt like the offense was fixing to do something, and, and the defense was holding the field goals. You just felt like, you know, this was going to be a game that Florida State could control. <coughs> Pardon me. And obviously, when they came out in the third quarter, uh, they did just that. They they completely went into control. Let's be honest here. That's a bad Boston College defense. And I, I could go back and watch the game, but I don't think there's a single drive that was unsuccessful for Florida State that you can say it's because of what Boston College did. I mean, FSU, twice they had fourth and one, and they got five-yard penalties, so they wound up punting. I don't really know that BC stopped them at any point so much as FSU stopped themselves. That said, okay, so first half, you get the big touchdown to Terry uh, to tighten things up. BC misses some field goals, but that was, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna have Blackman at quarterback who has the arm to throw it, and you're gonna go one on one with Terry, that's gonna be the result. Uh, and it was not hard to figure out what Boston College was doing because they would rotate the safety into the middle of the field, and the safety couldn't have got over to Terry if he'd have wanted to. Uh, and, and they took advantage of it on that one time, and they had another couple that they took shots down the field. Um, I, I just thought the play calling uh, was – was they, they, they got into a rhythm, and we saw them go a little more hurry up. Now, we've got to be fair, BC ran 93 plays. BC controlled 38 minutes of the clock. Well, that's because they run the ball. Uh, they only tipped it uh, – you know, while they had uh, 29 attempts, you know, they're, they're – we're going to get the ball to Dillon and to Bailey – and uh, Dylan finishes with 165 yards, and Bailey finishes with 67, a combined 52 carries between the two of them. That's just what BC does. They're going to control it. So you're going to have limited possessions. You talked about this uh, earlier in the week. You know, normally you get the ball 15, 16, 17 times a game. Uh, Florida State, at one point you commented we had our third possession, and it was halfway through the second quarter. And and you just got to be aware of that, which means you've got to get some explosive plays, and you've got to make sure you turn drives into points. And FSU did just that in the second half. I like the way the Browns offense worked, particularly in the second half. So this brings up a question that we've been asking all season. We've been talking about it, focusing on it a lot the last month. We're not the only ones. Lots of people have asked it. What does this offense look like if you have a quarterback who can run? If you have a quarterback, you don't have to run them 30 times, although – Based on the way Travis ran, maybe you would. But what would you? What does it look like if a quarterback can keep four drives alive a game by scrambling for some yardage? Um, we don't have to d- dive into that because we still don't know. But what we do know is that when you get a quarterback in there with legs that can execute the the read op- the zone read there uh, or the read option, uh, it, it, it looks pretty nice. And Jordan Travis, that was some significant speed. I didn't realize he had that kind of burst. I've been high on this kid ever since I saw him in the spring game. In the spring game, he was like 22 of 25 passing. And we haven't seen him throw a, a pass in a live game, uh, obviously. Uh, the, the, the thing that it does, Tom, to answer your question, whether a defensive coordinator will admit it or not, the players know if a quarterback can hurt them on the ground. And they know whether to pay attention to him or not. Well, you don't have to pay attention to Blackman. He can run. But but he's not going to hurt you running. Hornibrook can't run at all, bless his heart. 
so when you finally have one in there that can run, it completely changes the coordinators and the, particularly the player's attitude. And that's what you saw happen when, when Jordan took off a couple of times. There was space for him to run, and then when he got into traffic, he knew what to do to continue to run. And I don't, I don't know why he hasn't been played. I don't know what the, the, the backdrop is. I was told halfway through the season, which will be, what, three, four weeks ago, that unfortunately Travis was not a very good practice player. So he really hadn't distanced himself during practice, and obviously he had not gotten any attempts in the game. Well, Odell says to, to, to Coach Bryles, you do whatever you got to do. And obviously Kendall saw enough in him to, to at least try it. And um, who knows what it's going to become. But now you got you got a either Blackman or Hornerbrook running your offense. you got Cam Akers and the Wildcat. And I don't know what we're going to call Travis, but I suspect – he's going to continue to get some reps. We were told before the game that he would play, and I was told that he told the TV crew on Friday that uh, he needs a quarterback with legs to run his offense, and so he was going to play Travis some. So that will obviously lead to speculation that the reason Travis didn't play was because Coach Taggart didn't want him to, that it's, it's pointless to have that conversation now. Taggart's not here. Bryles played him, and that's where we are. I do think it adds an element of excitement, and I'll tell you one guy who's going to benefit from this and we didn't see it yet, Cam Akers is finally going to get the ball with room to run because now people are going to focus on traps. What is Cam Akers going to do if he has the football in his hand and he looks up and there's 10 yards of green grass in front of him and not a defender? How many times, particularly in the last two games, has Cam been hit in the backfield? Probably half his carries. And yet he's still been able to eke out yards. Had 18 carries for 59 yards, as I mentioned earlier, put him over 1,000 for the year. But, yeah, that possibility exists. And, and again, with Bryles working Cam more into the passing game as well, then, you know, he had four catches for 49 yards in the game. That's just another way to get the ball. And the last one, the last one that nobody wants to talk about, they ran it a little bit with Blackman, is the true option where the quarterback is taking the ball down the line of scrimmage and sometimes even gets to the second layer level rather and can still pitch the ball. Now, we saw Cam do that. I don't know if you picked up on that, but we saw Cam do that once. But that's another thing that, that someone like a Jordan Travis can do, which is pitching the ball five or seven yards down the field. I used to do that all the time in high school. Now, that's high school. But but that's another dynamic and another option of getting Cam into space that we haven't even seen yet, and it appears that, that Jordan Travis might be the best guy to do that. All of a sudden, the last couple of weeks are going to get interesting. Florida State's going to be heavily favored against Alabama State. We'll wait to our last segment. We can talk about how much do you try to do with Travis there, or do you keep stuff close to your vest so you can try to spring it on the Gators in the last game of the year. Just some other offensive thoughts, though. Uh, and we need to get the DJ's play. On the offensive line, you didn't have uh, the freshman whose name just left me who, who missed the trip. Dante Lucas. Dante Lucas, thank you. Usually it's the other way around. But Maurice Smith did play. And you consider Darius Washington, who's played at left tackle. Now, he had bad penalties in this game. But that's three freshmen, and you return both your centers next year. And all of a sudden, you look at that offensive line, and I'm not saying they're great right now, but another year in the weight room for them. They've played some. you got to go out and find another tackle you got to get a tackle in the transfer portal. But then you might have, you know, four of the other positions set. The downside will be Cam won't be running back there. I think that's a given. But, yes, the offensive line would be much improved. 
Um, and, and it's a work in progress. Coach Clements, I think, uh, probably gets the award for patience uh, because he's probably wanted to just gnaw his teeth and pull his hair and, and weeping and gnashing because, uh, you know, it's been – I can only imagine how frustrating it's been, both in terms of rolling bodies in and out and then all of those pre-snap penalties. I mean, it was a smart answer, a smart aleck answer, you know, you know, when Coach Taggart gave it about he can't walk out there and tell them not to have the penalty and tell them to wait until the count. They've got to do that themselves. And and now we're in the ninth and getting into the tenth and the eleventh game, and they're still doing it. That's got to be frustrating. But, again, nine sacks last week, none this week. Improvement. Young guys are playing. There's a positive to us, to, uh, positiveness to it that I think is very refreshing. Speaking of positive, by the way, Tommy, Cornerstone Tool and Fastener is your location for all your tool needs. It's where all the pros and do-it-yourself workers shop. Big box pricing with local service. Two locations to choose from, 1110 Stuckey Avenue and 3269 Crawfordville Highway. Their Tallahassee location is open on Saturdays from 8 a.m. until noon. These guys know what they're doing. Go see them. Well said, KJ. uh, We'll go a little long in the offensive section here. One of the things that uh, the the tackle play, you know, we focus on what it means in terms of protecting the quarterback, but it really hurts Florida State's east-west game when they try to run jet sweeps that the tackles just can't hold the block there because those get blown up and we haven't seen that be successful in this offense yet either. All right, let's fast forward. Florida State, you mentioned that option play. I asked James Blackman about it. It was the penultimate drive for FSU when they took the lead on the DJ. It preceded the DJ Matthews touchdown. Uh, you know, I just commented, uh, you, you ran the, the option, you were trying to get to the right hash to set something up, and James didn't tip the hand, but he said we had somebody with a missed assignment on that, so we just had to take what we could get on that. Uh, for what, So whatever that look was supposed to be. But the next play, for all of the zigging and zagging, as Gene Deckerhoff says, that DJ Matthew does, and quite often he zags when he should zig and he zigs when he should zag, he got all the zigs and zags right on that touchdown. That was a play, that was a terrific play. I, I, I looked down there when it was unfolding, and I thought that when he caught the ball, he was going to be tackled immediately because he had a had a, a player, a defensive player on him, and he just kind of ran out of that. And then I started watching him set things up, and, and it was almost like a chess game because he had Tamari and Terry to the outside, and, and Terry knew he had broken free. So Tamari knew he needed to catch up to him and start helping out. <coughs> Pardon me. And And the first move he made on the safety – I've had that move made to me. I know what it's like. You know, William Floyd talks about breaking ankles. I mean, you just get your body just gives out on you, and and basically you just fall down. And that's basically what the safety did. He put a move on him, and then he he set up Terry, and he slowed down just a hair, let Terry get up ahead of him, and then he dipped inside and went back outside. And then if you look at the replay, and I don't recommend this, but he knew something was happening. Because at about the 10-yard line, maybe the 15, he put the ball into his right hand, and he was not carrying it as you carry a football. He was carrying it like the loaf of bread. I guess it was his Dion impression. But you saw him eyeing that cone. And he left Tommy from the 4-yard line, maybe the 4-and-a-half-yard line, and extended out. And, and, and how he processed all this, I don't know. But the rule says if the ball makes contact with the cone, it's a touchdown, and that's exactly what he did with that ball. It was pretty sweet to go back and look at the replay and try to think whatever DJ was or wasn't thinking in order to put himself in that position. It was a pretty remarkable play. 
And I told you I was worried when they were reviewing it, did he have possession? Because if you fumble it through the end zone, guess what that ends up being? 20-yard line going the other way. Yeah, exactly. So uh, great play by DJ. One last thought, that the, the touchdown run by Jordan uh, Travis. So it's easy for me to say. Jimbo said it a time or two. Once he got the first down, the correct play was just to fall down and get in victory formation. But I'm going to let him slide on that one. And by the way, that's the longest – touchdown run by a quarterback in FSU history and he did it on his third career carry two things number one you're wrong because Jimbo's wrong you score when you can score on plays like that when you sit down to run the clock out is when you take the snap when it's first and 10 on the opponent's 18 yard line when you got a kid in the middle of a 65 yard run 64 yard run whatever it is you turn him loose so Jimbo sorry brother you're wrong and Tommy, you're wrong. Number two, how fast is that kid? I didn't. We saw. I mentioned earlier. I I grew to be a fan in the spring game because he was, you know, 23 out of 25 or 22 out of 25, whatever it was, passing. We didn't have a chance to see that. The boy can run. I mean, he he was running, and and that. Oh man, I, I got excited. I'm sorry. All right, and I know I'm right, so I won't continue to argue with you here. We'll just take a break, come back, talk more uh, on Front Row Knowles' first look. Front Row Knowles' first look is presented by Hobson Chevrolet in Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Here's Tom and Keith. Back on Front Row Knowles' first look. Keith is still wrong. I'm still Tom. We're going to talk defense now. KJ, the the defense. I, I I will say this. I mean, this is this is far from the best defense Florida State's had, and they've they've got a lot of issues still. But when you find out, and, and they probably knew at the start of the week, we found out on Thursday that Marvin Wilson, who's your best defensive player, maybe the best player on the team, and I think it's inarguable, probably the one guy you would not want to lose before playing that Boston College offense and that running back, when you find out he's not going, that, that kind of takes the wind out of your sails. So credit them for, for how tough they did play. They knew it was going to be physical. Odell called it putting on her big boy pads. Well, they certainly did that. Durden uh, had been shaken up in the Miami game, so he was playing nicked up a little bit. Um, you saw some of the younger kids get some additional snaps. Uh, certainly it was not a stellar performance by FSU's defense. Uh, Boston College racked up, as we mentioned, over 500 yards of offense in Bailey, and, and uh, Dillon went well over 200 yards combined. But they did enough to win, and that was the big thing to me. Still disappointed. You know, I don't, I don't know which of my disappointments get – more disappointing when the defensive backs are not in a position to make the play or when they're in the position to make the play and they don't make it. Uh, I will say the one thing on on Dent uh, that I liked is he knew he was beaten. He knew he couldn't catch up, so he he got all over him and rather give up a 15-yard penalty than a 60-yard reception. But the the first touchdown when they were in zone and the the end zone, you know, why people just stand and wait to move until after the ball's thrown, I haven't figured out yet. I mean, you got to be reading that quarterback. Everybody knew he was going to the left, and then he came back to the center. I mean, uh, you know, you, you just got to read that, and you got to be moving a half a second ahead. And if you do, you knock the ball down. So that part was frustrating. I'm not going to fault them for giving up so much yardage on the ground because BC does that. That's what they do, and they're good at it. Uh, A.J. Dillon will be a, a very significant draft pick uh, come next spring, uh, you know, in the NFL, and, and Bailey ain't far behind him. So I'll give him credit for all that. 
but uh, there's still much work to be done on the defensive side of the ball, but they did enough to win. They did that. It is a defense that as this year has gone on, I mean, if you look at it, so it was basically a new defense at the start of the year, and it took a while for people to figure out which gaps to fill and how to how to play that defense. But, you know, now that you're, you're playing without Marvin Wilson, you're playing without Kane Doe, you're playing without Lars Woodby, you're playing without Dontavious Jackson, who was dressed out, still has his arm padded up. Uh, Jaden, by the way, was on the trip again and on the headsets the entire time and incredibly engaged in the game and talking to his teammates. You talk about a guy that looked like a coach or a GA, that's what Jaden Lars Woodby looked like, and, 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 and he's also uh, not on crutches anymore as he comes back from that injury. You know, I, I've not talked to him. I, you may know whether he has any interest of getting into coaching. Obviously, he's got some playing time left, and, and personally, I think he's good enough to play at the next level uh, for a period of time. Uh, if he is inclined to go the coaching route, uh, he's certainly got all the tools for it. Uh, he's very intelligent. He's very smart from a football standpoint. He communicates well. Uh, he knows how to work. I mean, it, it truly was sad to see him go down. If there was any kid that you would want to, to do well because he does – everything well classroom decorum as well as on the field it's him uh so that's that's exciting to see him engage like that and i hope it continue another guy occurs to me the Knowles are playing without is cyrus fagan so that's really five starters the defense is down if you don't want to say they're all starters it's five of the guys that are in the key rotation they've been playing without here uh speaking of safeties uh hamza nasraldine 22 tackles and i owe him an apology because i forget what game it was he had 17 or 18 Neither of those times did I talk to him after the game, so apologies, Hamza. But what do you see when you watch him play? Well, number one thing, he doesn't miss a tackle, so he gets credit for every contact. Number two, you can tell it's him when he arrives. Uh, you know, the late, great uh, Jake Gaither said he wanted players, FAMU coach said he wanted players that are mobile, agile, and hostile, and then it had, and arrive in a bad mood, and, and he does all of that. You get a little bit concerned, and I think this speaks to where Florida State is defensively. When you've got a safety making 17 tackles or 22 tackles, that's not the norm. Uh, I had 46 tackles my entire senior season. You know, I, I'd have three or four, maybe five a ball game because all I was good for was running up to the pile. They were already down by the time I got there. So in that regard – uh, I worry about it, but again, given the way things are, the new the way the defenses are different, and how much the safeties are involved in run support now as opposed to the old days, he just does it well. And uh, you know, I, I, I my hats off to him. That that's a remarkable performance, and it's not fun. It is not fun running up there and, and trying to take on somebody that's 240, 250 pounds. Uh, it's it's just not something you look forward to. So I can imagine uh, between hot tubs and cold tubs and anything else he can get a tub in, uh, he's going to be banged up his, his national deed come, uh, come uh, Monday and Tuesday. Stanford Samuels had a touchdown-saving tackle by a whisker on that throwback screen or throwback to the tight end, whatever BC calls it. That was a pretty big play as it turned out. He also had an interception that helped uh, win the football game for FSU. Uh, it, it was not a very uh, athletically gifted interception. Uh, he was sitting on his bottom when he got it, but, but he did get it. Yes, absolutely. And, 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 again, finding a way to make a play. You were on the headset with me the entire time. 
you know, just one play, KJ, just one play. Can we make one play on offense? Can we make one play on defense? Can we make just one play? We need one play. And we finally got one and then got another one. And and maybe, just maybe, uh, it'll stick and they'll start learning from that. What else on the defensive side of the football? Just got to keep banging. You got to keep working at it. Uh, Levitt uh, is now in the full-time position. As you and I talked in the pregame, I think the thing that he brings immediately is just that knowledge and that 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 experience, particularly as it relates to making in-game and halftime adjustments. Uh, he was up in the booth, which he's allowed to do now that he's a full-time assistant, and I think his ability to help Harlan, you know, change up things or address things differently as the game is going on should prove beneficial. Obviously, he's not going to step in and make wholesale changes. You don't do that in week 11. But at the same time, it's another set of eyes and a very experienced set of eyes that can help uh, repeat myself with those adjustments and halftime uh, things that, that go into playing ball these days. Janaris came out of the game uh, injured. Looked like he took a helmet or something to the kidneys or the back, but he wound up going back in and playing, just running through guys uh, in my head. I feel like just about uh, other than Kale and Labor, and I think Florida State came out of that game pretty healthy, but maybe I'm missing something. Anything? sticking your mind nothing jumped up at me and, and i i hate it for Layburn because and, and i know no other way to tell you levanta taylor basically hit him when they were doing pre-game drills when you when you don't hit anybody i think he was doing it because they're friends or i think he was doing it you know to to be uh, playful but he hit him and knocked him down and he rolled his ankle it's those dumb types of things that will always come back and bite you. If you're not supposed to hit somebody, then don't be screwing around and hitting them, okay? It wasn't a big hit, but it was enough to you got hurt, and now you're down to one running back, basically. Be smart. Don't be stupid. Speaking of pregame, Florida State had the pads and jerseys back on. They also came out of the tunnel uh, locked arm in arm, which I like to see a little show of solidarity there. That that was done, obviously, for Odell. Uh, I, I'm one of those guys, Tommy, that I don't really get into those things. That's not what motivates me. But if that's what it takes for these kids to, to feel a sense of team, by, by all means, do it. Uh, you know, I think it's – I think somebody is going to point out that, that Odell Higgins got a Powerade bath by beating a not good Boston College team to improve to 5-5. Five and five. But I really don't care. From a psychological standpoint, with everything this group's been by, through all week, it's okay with me if you do that, even though you're just 5-5. Five and five. It'll work. I hadn't won a road game since last September. Well, I'm sure if we can do some more research, we can find some other wonderful reasons why that should be happening. Take a break and come back and wrap up on Front Row Knowles' first look. Stay with us. Front Row Knowles' first look is presented by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener, online at ctf.nu. Here's Tom and Keith. We are back. Final segment of Front Row Knowles. First look, a reminder that uh, our regular show comes your way each and every Wednesday at 6 o'clock. Subscribe to the podcast if you don't already. And uh, we do this show immediately after the ball games. It airs Sunday mornings at 9 and then re-airs Mondays at 6. I'll uh, step aside and get out of the way. We, we actually had several, you know, we've had some games this year, Keith, where we haven't had too much to choose from. This is not one of them, so I'll, I'll defer to you here and take it away. Well, what he's speaking of, of course, is it's time now for our Prime Meridian Bank performance of the game. And I'm going to give it to Jordan Travis. Three carries, 94 yards, 
Two touchdowns, a long of 66, averaged 31 and a third per carry. Did not attempt to pass, uh, but showed what he's capable of doing, and that 66-yard run was was really, really special. So Jordan Travis, our Prime Meridian Bank performance of the game. Speaking of performance, Prime Meridian Bank was just named one of the best banks to work for by American Banker Magazine. Want the bank where they greet you by name? Smiling faces that offer you coffee and a cookie when you walk in the door? That's what I call a great performance. Try my bank. Prime Meridian Bank, member FDIC, offices in Tallahassee, Crawfordville, and Lakeland are on the web at trymybank.com. One thing we didn't talk about with Jordan Travis, Keith, it's the end of the game. You're just trying to run out the clock. And you go with a guy who hasn't played in live action all year long. And I'm watching this. And not only that, but you're asking him to execute handoffs. And... I know why they did it. You needed a running threat to get a first down because you couldn't run out the full clock there. BC had two timeouts. But you know where I was thinking on that and what could have happened. So did you have the same thoughts? Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> and, and, and my first thought was, you know, what if they need to pass? You know, what, what if it becomes third and eight and you're trying to get that first down? Um, but it does show a great deal of confidence. Uh, I know that uh, you know Jordan is new to our program, but he played. He, for those that, that don't remember the story, played last year at Louisville, uh, and then transferred to Florida State. Was given uh, eligibility late, so they weren't able to really practice him or prepare using him uh, in the in the fall. Uh, he also was nicked up, had a little bit of a leg issue that, that kept him out of some sessions. Um, but I think you saw the talent, uh, and I think you saw Coach Bryles and a big vote of confidence that, that he could handle the situation, and he did just that. And, again, that was a pretty nifty move. And back to your point and back to the point that I'm sure uh, should resonate with our listeners, for this offense to be successful, you've got to have a quarterback that has the threat to run. And and that's not uh, offensive to Blackman or, or to Alex. Blackman was not recruited into this offense and Alex was transferring to go somewhere where he thought he'd get some playing time. This is the type of quarterback or the type of skill set that you need in the Browns offense, and it's good to see Travis come in and execute it. I'm not telling you he's the starter and he's the, the salvation and, and savior of all of our offensive woes, but it'll give you an indication of what this offense can do when you've got someone like that in there. One more home game that go. It's senior day against Alabama State, 12 noon on Saturday. Odell, I don't know if he did it in speaking to the uh, the media in general, but on the post-game radio show, he gave out an impassioned plea for Florida State fans to get in the stadium to salute the seniors in their final game. They, some have been here five years, some have been here four. It's Alabama State, and it's not the season FSU wanted, so it's going to be tough to fill up dope. But I do know that a lot of people are paying attention, and, and based on what they saw on Saturday against BC and the fact that Florida State could get bowl eligible, I think we can get a decent crowd. I called him South Alabama earlier. I apologize. Um, it's a game that FSU will be having. You're, you're, you're on their bulletin board now. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm now. That, that's how bad it is. I'm their bulletin fodder. Anyway, I think what, what I would say to our fan base is, all right, you were disgruntled, and you made that known by the fact that you didn't show up. That's your right. I got that. Well, now we need you to support the program. We need you to support Coach Odell. We need you to support these seniors, whether you believed in them, whether you collectively like them or not. This is all about Florida State. And I'm not suggesting that we're a failure if we don't have 79,500 in the stands come Saturday. But 
if you voted your displeasure by not showing up, how about voting, all right, we made a change and now we're moving forward. How about acknowledging that by showing up? How about how about we go that route? And and this watch these kids. Because however you think of them, whatever you think of them, they've come here, they've given four or five years of their life. Yeah, some of them are going to play at the next level. The vast majority won't. Why don't you come and give them a good send-off? They deserve that. That was well said, KJ, well said. If Florida State beats Alabama State, they will be bowl eligible. Keith, I'm, I'm, I'm really feeling like they're not going to send us back to Shreveport if that happens, but I, I do have a sneaking suspicion that El Paso might be in our future. Well, having been to El Paso before, <laughs> the, those that know me will know that when I won my first academic All-American Award as a junior, they flew all of us out to, to, to appear at halftime. And we stood there with our britches on and our jerseys and our helmet over there and smiled. And I'm looking around, and there's kids there from Stanford and Brown and Yale. And, and, and none of them are playing in a bowl. We got, i got to come back and get ready for a bowl game. And I'm going, this might be the silliest thing I've ever seen. I was pleased to death to be there, honored to be there. But that was just a little strange. So uh, I, I wouldn't mind going back to, to El Paso and, uh, and, and, and watching a real game be played by Florida State people. Uh, that would be fun. And, of course, the other one, we'll start the rumors. The other one, if you, if you look the way the things, the pecking order comes out, we may end up in New York uh, as well. So uh, some places we've not been before. And for the folks in Shreveport, I'm probably the only one that will tell. I would go back to Shreveport. I had a great time in Shreveport. But I'll go somewhere new if that's what they want me to do. Annapolis could be in the mix, too. But more than that, you know, this is not – nobody's going to be overly excited about what bowl Florida State's in. But I think given where uh, it looked like we were headed a week ago to rally and win, the more significant part about a bowl game is not which bowl you're in if you're 6-6 if you're six and six or 7-5. and five. It's that you get 15 extra practices, and this is a team, we've seen it, clearly could use 15 extra practices to try and clean some things up. Well, particularly now that the, the commitment has been made to play the young guys, you know, the guys that haven't had a lot of snaps and guys that you're not pre- prepping for redshirt, you can get them into more workouts and get them in more in the rotation and use them more in the bowl game. And as a result, you know, everybody benefits. So uh, it's it's if you want to think about it, a bowl game is the equivalent of having a second spring practice. That's how significant it can be for some programs. Okay, what else do we need to add to close this thing out? Aguayo made a field goal, didn't he? He did. We'll leave on that. <laughs> and all his extra points. Uh, Isaiah Bolden was returning kicks. I'm not sure where that came from. He got away with one that he fumbled. He never caught it cleanly. But but that was a switch, too. Uh, we don't need to belabor that point. We got a win, 38-31. Odell still unbeaten. 3-0 and Odell is what people are calling him now. Or 3-0. And, and this next week it will be 3 and Boldell as uh, if FSU gets bowl eligible. Anyway, 12 noon, Alabama State. Find a friend. Find somebody who's never gone to an FSU game before. Bring them with you. Turn them into a fan. And uh, let's see what we can do in terms of a crowd. He's Keith. I'm Tom. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday. So long.